Nick Gonzalez is officially on his way to Pittsburgh as he gets the call. The Pirates lose their 10th straight game in a row due to bullpen mis uh, bullpen mismanagement. And it's Mailbag Friday. I'll be answering your questions at the end of the show. My name is Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates, brought to you by Bird Dogs. Let's have fun. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast, everybody. Again, brought to you by Bird Dogs. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates, every single day. And you already heard, it was broken by Jim Rosati. Jason Mackey confirmed it. Nick Gonzalez gets the call. To come up to the Pittsburgh Pirates, of course, the number five ranked prospect in the Pittsburgh Pirates system per MLB pipeline. The second top five prospect in the system to be brought up in the past week. You remember Henry Davis was called up on Sunday. So what does this mean for Nick Gonzalez and what does this mean for the Pittsburgh Pirates? Well, MLB Pipeline is one of my trusted sources when it comes to prospects because they kind of give you both sides of things. They don't pick and choose on, oh, we're just going to be super positive about this guy and super negative about this guy. So the positives from MLB Pipeline, obviously, things that we know about Nick Gonzalez. He has a fast bat speed, works hard to improve defensively, something that he's talked about to a lot of reporters last year and this year. And he works hard to, you know, tap into that raw power that he has even with his small frame. Now, of course, the negatives are also things that if you've paid attention to Nick Gonzalez at all, you would definitely know, is that he had the finger injury in 2021 that sidelined him. He had the 2022 heel injury last year <clears throat> that also kind of sidelined him. The Nets cost him some development time. On top of that, <clears throat> when he came out and was drafted, he was considered the best peer hitter in the 2020 draft. Right now, he has a career 28% strikeout rate. It's a little concerning. Just a little bit. But. <clears throat> 257, 374, uh, 450, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4
And his best season, of course, came in um, Greensboro, his first full year in 2021. Batted 302, 385, 565, 950. But most recently, he's been playing pretty well in the month of June. He has a 444 on base percentage in his last 10 games. Something the Pirates need right now is getting guys on base and then being able to score them with this offense the way it's playing right now. Another interesting thing about Nick Gonzalez is for most of his time being drafted and most of his time that we've seen him in the minors, he's been a second baseman. But he's also played some shortstop. He's played some third base as well. So he can play all over the infield. He can also play up the outfield, too. He grew up playing the outfield. So, really, I think it's just a case of a lot like Henry Davis. They just want to get his bat in the lineup and shake some things up here. Because it is getting very bad. I mean, yesterday, they were up 4-1. to one. They only had five hits, though. And we'll get into the bullpen mismanagement in the second segment of today's show. But sometimes a shakeup is good. Now, did I expect Nick Gonzalez to be the guy? No. Andy Rodriguez can also play second base. But I understand that they're probably still wanting to see some more out of him at AAA. I don't know what else you need to see. But they opt to go Nick Gonzalez. And I have no issues with it. The guy can hit. He has been nothing less than a hitter his entire life. This is what Nick Gonzalez does, folks. He is a hitter. He's played well at AAA Indianapolis. He's been pretty much being groomed all year to eventually come up and be a part of this middle infield that is starting to become a very big logjam right now. So what are expectations for Nick Gonzalez? I think they should be the same as they were for Henry Davis when he came up. Don't expect him to light the world on fire right away. But we've already seen Henry get his first hit and his first home run in the span of four days. Henry Davis, to me, is also a better player than Nick Gonzalez at this current time. Because we never truly know what these guys are going to turn into. But I've been a fan of Nick Gonzalez since we drafted him. I have enjoyed the things I've seen. The injuries are unfortunate, but I am very happy about this call-up. I think he's going to bring a good bat to the lineup that desperately needs it, especially with Marcano, Castro, and Bay struggling at the plate right now. And I think it's a good sign. Now, for people who have listened to this show for a very long time, since I've been here three years ago, you may remember that Nick Gonzalez was my first player interview that I had on the Locked On Pirates podcast way back on October 15th, 2020. And Nick Gonzalez had this to say during that infamous interview. Sounds good. And last question for you. Uh, What are you most looking forward to within your career? Um, That could be like your own personal accolades, your own accolades for the team etc. Yeah, I'm just most looking forward to getting to put a big league uniform on and, and play under the lights and, and just play baseball for a living and be a big leaguer. I think that's just the 
the primary focus since I was a little kid to be a big leaguer and, and play every day, play in the big leagues. Um, so for me, that's just kind of most important. That's what I'm looking forward to. And then, and then obviously, you know, winning a World Series, going to the playoffs, uh, plan in October, doing stuff like that as well is something that I really look forward to doing. And Nick, you're going to get to do it, buddy. You're going to get called up today. The corresponding move has not been announced yet by the Pittsburgh Pirates. We are awaiting that. Obviously, we'll have that news at some point because Nick Gonzalez is not on the 40-man roster, so that's going to take some shaking up to do with the 40-man roster. But we will find out today. As congratulations to Nick Gonzalez for being called up to the Pittsburgh Pirates, the number seven overall pick in the 2020 draft. Gotta love to see it. I'm very happy for him. Again, still so happy that he was on the show all that time ago, knowing that he'd eventually get to the spot. And before we move into the Pirates on the field last night and blowing yet another late lead, let's talk about FanDuel. At FanDuel.com slash on. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash on to join today. And by the way, you can bet on the Pirates to win tonight if you want. If you think the losing streak is going to end, you can do it at FanDuel.com slash locked on. By the way, our current partnership, of course, make sure you go to SiriusXM because the hometown broadcast, of course, will be there at SiriusXM. You can hear my wonderful voice for all of those on the radio with SiriusXM. Of course, on Monday, we'll have Gary Morgan on the show talking about Whatever happens over the weekend, probably getting a little bit more into Henry Davis and Nick Gonzalez, how the team is going to be moving forward, et cetera, et cetera. The shows with Gary, you guys love him every Monday, so he will be there on Monday. And then we're also going to be talking about the Padres series that we have next week, and then yet another series against the Milwaukee Brewers to end the month of June. And the month of June has quickly become a nightmare for this Pittsburgh Pirates team. It was a month that started very well for this team. If you remember, it doesn't feel like we remember because it feels like it was ages ago. But the Pirates started this month on a four-game winning streak and took, and that was an extension to a six-game winning streak after beating San Francisco to end the month of May. They then lose two to Oakland, which at the time was okay. They're fine. They beat the Mets in a series. They were halfway through the month. And you guys all remember me saying it, that I said that stretch between Chicago and Milwaukee was going to be the biggest stretch they needed. What did they do over those nine games? Lost every single one of them. What did they do last night against Miami with a 4-1 lead in the eighth inning? Lost it again. It is getting very dire 
now for this Pittsburgh Pirates team. They are 34 and 40. And everything that was going right for this team in April, even parts of May and early June, is not going right anymore. The offense has been in the standstill for the past week and a half. The starting rotation is still playing good, but not as good as they were earlier in the year when they were going seven innings almost every single game. But I think the biggest thing now that is happening to this Pittsburgh Pirates team is the bullpen cannot hold leads for this team. It just can't. Now, there are a lot of contributing factors to this. There are only two, yes, two relievers right now in the Pirates' bullpen that were there on opening day, obviously due to injuries uh, right now with some of the other guys. Dowry Moretta and David Bednar. Those are the only two guys that are currently healthy in the bullpen at this current moment that were here on opening day. So what does a fan of like myself or yourself think of that? Okay, well, the bullpen's probably going to struggle a little bit. But there's a difference between struggling a little bit and then constantly giving up leads. For instance, let's just look over the past week and a half. You had a 5-1 to lead against the Chicago Cubs in a game where Austin Hedges homered, of all people. You lose 10-6. to You lose 5-4 to to Milwaukee to kick off that series. Where did Milwaukee's runs come from? Early. The bullpen actually did okay in that game. Then you look at Sunday, where the Pirates had a 2-0 lead through most of the game. A 2-1 lead going into the final three innings. What happens? A four-run eighth inning for the Milwaukee Brewers and the Pirates lose 5-2. And not only has it been blown leads for this bullpen, but they've just been outright taking the Pirates out of games sometimes. Look at the Cubs game the other night when they were trailing only by, I believe it was one or two runs, and then everything just blew up, and they lose. Of course, Carmen Majinski and Dowry Moretto were the players that gave up the five runs in the eighth inning last night, but I don't hold them responsible. I don't. Because Derek Shelton's major flaw that he has is consistently making odd bullpen decisions. Now, I'm not going to say bad, because not all of them are bad, but a good portion of them are odd. And I think the biggest oddity that I have seen, at least this month, from the way that he's managed this bullpen, especially with what I just told you about the two players that are the only two players left right now from the opening day bullpen that are currently healthy. We've always seen David Bednar seven times this whole month. Seven. 
Just to check my calendar, it is June 23rd. The Pirates have played way more games than seven games. And albeit, some of them were just over from the beginning. But in a game like last night, you're up 4-1. to one. Henry Davis hits his first home run. Congratulations to him. You get lucky with Marlins errors in the field. Like the Carlos Santana stealing third with two outs for whatever reason. And he still finds a way to score and give the Pirates the lead early. But you have the lead 4-1 to one going into the eighth inning. Or the bottom of the eighth inning, may I even add. You see it at six outs. You're telling me that David Bednar, who has, in June, six innings pitched the entire month. Six. And you're telling me he couldn't get you six outs last night? And then, to even make matters worse, to make matters even worse here, it was... Four to one. Remember this. So what happens? Let's just look at the box score. Moretta gives up three runs. So that tied the game, right? So he gives up three runs without even getting an out. Gives up two hits, three runs, one walk. Okay, but it's still a tie ball game. You still have a chance to win the game. So then what you do is you bring in Carmen Majinski, a guy who has hardly seen any action as of yet, is a rookie, and you're putting him in a spot where you are tied 4-4 four to four after blowing a 4-1 lead in a matter of what felt like seconds, and you don't pitch your best relief pitcher, David Bednar, to at least try to get out of the inning? The Pirates have any hopes of this season not slipping away. They're going to have to manage this bullpen a lot better. And, of course, the bullpen is just going to have to be better anyways. But it is something that the Pirates are going to need. They are going to need this bullpen to start figuring it out, but they're also going to need their manager to start making better decisions about it and stop mismanaging it because it is costing the Pirates valuable games that at this point they can no longer afford to lose. Now, let's get into your uh, questions here for... Mailbag Friday, and it was kind of funny with uh, this Mailbag Friday episode today uh, that I said, ask away or just express your feelings about this team and they'll be featured on Friday's show. This was two days ago after the Chicago Cubs series. Scott Nelson, would Don Kelly be a good interim manager and get could we he get rid of Haynes? Sure. I mean, Andy Haynes is the hitting coach, but I do see where you're going with that, that you're saying Derek Shelton should be gone. And I'm here to tell everybody 
He's not going anywhere because he was just extended. And the Pirates are not going to fork over that money and fire a guy they just extended a month ago. It's just not going to happen. SC, I have to ask, how do you feel about the Reds being a better Pittsburgh Pirates than the Pirates? They are basically better than us in every way. Despite us winning against them earlier, it's like they got MJ Sweat from Space Jam and we are the weak cartoons without any juice. Um, yeah, the Reds are just playing good baseball right now. I, and they are a better team currently than the Pittsburgh Pirates are. Um, how do I feel about it? I don't like it. I'm, I obviously am not a fan of the Cincinnati Reds in any capacity. But these two teams are going to be going at each other for a while in this division, I think. Because the Pirates have real guys that they're going to start bringing up soon, especially pitching-wise with Jared Jones, Quinn Priester, um, Anthony Solometo, and in the, like, in the future... Andy Rodriguez, Leo Verpiguero. You, you could think about Termar Johnson. And the Pirates have the number one overall pick, so they could take either Dylan Cruz or Paul Skeens. Meanwhile, Cincinnati has done a very good job at finding pieces. You have Matt McClain, Jonathan India, Tyler Stevenson, Ellie De La Cruz, Spencer Steer, Edwin Encarnacion Strand. Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft. They have some talent over there, folks. It sucks that they're a better team than us right now. I don't think what they're currently doing is sustainable. As far as winning 11 straight games, doesn't mean they won't be in it in this weekend L Central by the end of the year. Also doesn't mean the Pirates won't be either if they find a way to improve. Eric Vona says, why just why, Ethan? Why are they content continuing to self-inflict their way to the bottom of a winnable division? Andy Haynes should be gone. Shelton needs to spark his team, show the fans he cares that his team is underperforming. What happened to the April Bucks? Well, they're not at the bottom of the division yet. The Cardinals are still there. They still have a pretty healthy advantage on the Cardinals right now. I believe it still sits at four games, even after the loss last night, three and a half. So it's not as healthy, but it's, it's still an advantage. Um, and Eric also continued. Um, there were some comments under that one too, about the April bucks. And I've said it was something that was enjoyable to watch, but it was also something that was not sustainable. The Pirates were never going to be able to be that team. They were never going to be that team consistently dealing with the injuries, one of your best bats being out of the lineup, and just being such a young team. I think that's a lot of what a lot of us are forgetting, is that this Pittsburgh Pirates team is a young team. It is a team that is figuring its way out. It is a front office that is figuring out what they have. And it's going to take time. It is. F. Stover, what positives can we take away from this team if they drift down to 70 to 75 wins? Let's remember what my prediction was when the season started. I said they were going to be 74 and 88. If the Pirates go 74 and 88 this year, that's a win. Why? Look at the last two years. Not many times does a team 
make a 10-plus game improvement from the previous season. It does not happen that often. The Pirates win 75 games. That is a very good sign. Do I think they can win more? Hell yeah, they can. Do I think they can win less? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even being anywhere in that range you said, 70 to 75, is good news because that means you improve somewhere. Nuggets News and Update says sad. Pitt's, uh, Pitt Panther says, I am sad. Ironically, uh, Pitt Panther said, I know Endy is the popular choice to be the next call-up, but do you think Nick Gonzalez could be it? Well, yeah. Uh, he's having a great month of June, whereas our second baseman or not. So while he probably could use more time at AAA, maybe they try to th shake things up. And I think that's what they're doing with this Nick Gonzalez call-up, uh, Pitt Panther. I think they're going to shake things up with this lineup and get some fire under them, get something going, because that's exactly what they need. WF Steve, who could be traded that could make the Major League Club better? There's a log jam in the middle infield. Someone has to go with the exception of Cruz. I've agreed with that as well, with that sentiment that they are going to have to do something with this middle infield, because then you're not even factoring in Termar Johnson in a year or two or three, however long it takes. Then you're not factoring in Leover Piguero, who's another guy there. There's a lot going on in this middle infield, and they're going to have to trade something. And I would like them to trade one of these middle infielders for a pitcher, be it a reliever, be it a starter, just somebody to help eat innings. That's what I would really like to see. And, yeah, that's a very good observation. And final question for today's show who would take Andy Haynes' place if the Pirates let him go during the season? I would assume one of the minor league guys would. Um, I don't really care. I would be fine with anybody doing it, personally. Um, I just think anybody is better than what Andy Haynes is. I have seen nothing from Andy Haynes ever that showed me anything that was fun. I just haven't. He's never shown me anything to improve this offense. But we'll see. Make sure you go check out my episode yesterday about Andy Haynes. You'll enjoy it. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Locked on Pirates here on Friday, June 23rd. My name is Ethan Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates. For all of your news, updates, analysis, and opinions of the Pittsburgh Pirates, thank you so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful Friday and a wonderful weekend. I will see you on Monday. But most importantly, see you on the flip side.